0: What's up, Dub Nation? This is the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast. Sports Ethos presentation. Your host here, Sam Orlick. We've got so much to talk about. Warriors obviously losing to the Lakers in the Western Conference semifinals. A very disappointing end, but what is next? Lots of questions to answer here that we aren't going to really find out until um, things really kick off here in the summer. We've got questions around Bob Myers, questions around Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, veterans, rookies, just all sorts of questions up and down the roster. And really the only thing that seems solidified is Steph Curry and Steph Curry continuing to be the foundation piece of this franchise. Um, This podcast is going to be a little bit more focused with an emphasis on the summer and what's next for the Warriors, so let's get right into it. Major off-season questions here. Kind of just highlighted some of it a little bit, but first and foremost is does Bob Myers return to the Warriors? Myers, Myers's contract ends in the end of June. Myers has, you know, come out and said that uh, he's thinking about leaving. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that this is about Myers looking for other opportunities with other franchises as much as the toll that it's been to be the face and the glue um and the decision maker of this warriors franchise that's had so much success so much scrutiny so much of the spotlight and to have been such a integral piece and figurehead of all of that for so long certainly takes a toll on the in- on an individual that's certainly at least my take on it. I don't think this is a question of, hey, I'm Bob Myers. I want more money or I'm going to go join the Clippers or the Suns or or whoever, whatever other team. Um, I think this is a question of how much do I enjoy my work-life balance? How much do I want to just go back and live life a little bit without the pressures of being a general manager for one of the premier uh, sports franchises in the world? Oh go as far to say um so Myers has said recently he's taking a few weeks to decide before his contract ends at the end of June does he step away does he stick around and who would be the next man up certainly um what the Warriors have said is if Myers were to walk away the replacement would be internal and I think the obvious candidate is um is Mike Dunleavy, uh, for, former Warriors draft pick, uh, Warriors player, uh, been with the organization in various capacity for some time. Um, before kind of getting down that road too far, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I think the bigger question is, what is the direction of the franchise starting at the top? Starting with Joe Lacob, what is the direction of this franchise? I think... It's fair to say at this point the two timeline plan has clearly failed for a multitude of reasons. The idea and mentality that you can simultaneously develop young emerging talent while at the same time contend for a championship um proves to be you know these are mutually exclusive tracks and um You know, there's another aspect to this that I think that there's a lot of parallels we can draw to the movie Moneyball around the Oakland A's and the disconnect between ownership, um, ownership front office and coaching, um, in the movie Moneyball, um, Billy Bean is looking to shake things up. He builds this roster using analytics and makes a lot of wildly unpopular and drastic moves to build this team that has a very specific functionality and purpose um, with players meant to fill very specific roles. The coach, however, isn't on the same page, plays who he wants to play without really considering what the GM was thinking when he assembled this team, the coach just looks at looks at it from a perspective of, I'm going to play this team to the best of my abilities, to the best how I know to do my job, in a way that I can explain to future potential um, GMs, if I'm looking for another job, should my coaching contract expire? And I think we can draw a lot of similarities to the situation here in, in with the Golden State Warriors. You have Lacob with a questionable amount of Bob Meyer's influence looking to really ramp up these prospects, right? Starting with James Wiseman, um, Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, effectively opting to not bring back a substantial amount of the roster that had just won a championship, letting um, Juan Toscano Anderson and Damian Lee go, choosing not to fork, up a little bit additional money to match salaries to retain Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton II, and then Nemanja Bielitsa opting to play overseas for additional opportunity. You basically had, not basically, you had a championship team that just won. Um, most people would typically attempt to run it back. Instead, you decide to cut pennies a little bit to save some money and rather than bring in a wealth of additional kind of key cog contributing role players to fill out another run it back championship run, you, you know, salvage the off season and bringing in Dante DiVincenzo and Jermichael Green. But really from Lake up and Myers perspective, the idea was to lean on James Wiseman, Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Jermichael, um, Jonathan Kaminga to really take that next step forward to be those key contributing role players, thinking that they will provide and step up to the moment come postseason. And what did we see? Throughout the regular season, we saw a seesaw of rotations up and down the roster with varied success. We saw a Warriors team struggle with chemistry, with consistency winning games on the road, an incredibly successful team at home, but when things mattered most on the road, unable to come up with wins. And that eventually bled into the playoffs, where basically Jonathan Kaminga was unplayable. Jordan Poole had a severe swing of ups and downs, but ultimately also moved into the unplayable conversation at times as well. And really, you know, James Wiseman obviously getting traded before the trade deadline, um and really only Moses Moody stepping up is somebody that Steve Kerr seemed to feel confident to rely on in any type of compa- uh capacity consistently off the bench. Um, and that excludes DiVincenzo and Jermichael Green, who are veterans. Jermichael Green just not really having much of an opportunity or need in the playoffs, short of um a few good games here and there. And And we saw layers of this as well. Going back to when James Wiseman was first drafted, we had conflicting reports from Steve Kerr saying, you know, Wiseman's not going to be a starter. He's going to have to earn his way. To then by the time opening night came around, um, James Wiseman was in fact in the starting unit and and simply put, it was not ready for that type of featured prominent role. Um, We also saw something similar with Jordan Poole um in the Warriors you know Jordan Poole's rookie year being thrust into that role and having a really hard time obviously that team very different than the team uh from from this past season that team was missing Steph Curry it was clear that was going to be a lottery bound season and and that was a full-on development season um so you had a clash you had Steve Kerr looking to prepare his team for a postseason run after after being NBA champions, looking to repeat an incredibly difficult task to do and front office and ownership effectively giving him very limited tools to be able to build a roster that would then um, be able to meet those goals. And so that's what I mean in kind of this, this money ball disconnect, obviously a really long explanation here, but from front office, Ownership perspective, they're looking for Kerr to really go all in on developing Kaminga, Pool, Moody, Wiseman. From Kerr's perspective, Wiseman's not ready. Um, Kaminga's up and down. Moody's not not being consistent. And really, Jordan Poole was really the only one that seemed to get um, a real consistent role with the Warriors, whether it was in the starting lineup or coming off the bench based on the... Of um, health and availability of the starters so that's a major question right where does Lakeup go from here do we are we continuing to try and chase championships and build around the core of Steph Clay and Draymond and maybe you loop you you also group in that court you extend that to the core six and include uh Looney Poole um and Wiggins with those guys um, or are we going the other way? We've, you know, fun's over. It's been a good ride. You know, bye-bye, Clay Thompson. Bye-bye, Draymond Green. Bye-bye, Bob Myers. Let's lean in Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Kaminga, Patrick Baldwin Jr., Ryan Rawlings, so on and so forth. Um, for a lot of different reasons, I have to believe that lakab is leaning former. Um, especially when you see how this uh, team that dealt with so much adversity still made it to the second round in the Western Conference. Um, that A team that barely squeaked into uh, sixth place with uh, a putrid road record and just a very odd semblance of a Warriors team from um, all the years of dynastic success that we had kind of known to come and expect from from these guys. So that's question number one. What is the direction of the franchise from Joe Lacob's perspective? Now, if the direction is we're leaning in to win championships, um, maybe that plays into Bob Myers' decision, maybe not. Maybe Myers is done either way. Um, At which point, you'd like to think that whoever steps up to take his place is more or less looking to um, keep the status quo. Not really looking to shake things up, we're more looking to refine and give the core guys what they need, the pieces they need, the stability, the filling out the ends of the rotation to help support the main guys. Um, which clearly was not the case this year. You had Andre Iguodala, who was barely playing the entire season, although offering in play, although working more in a capacity of a coach than a player, but still taking up a roster slot. Um, you had Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Ryan Rawlings, who were certainly not key contributors in the rotation. Um, You kept the 15th roster spot open for tax purposes, which ultimately was filled by Anthony Lamb, who then ultimately didn't play a role in the playoffs. So just not really utilizing the roster to have pieces, to be able to step up, to be able to step in when guys are hurt or guys are out, to build the foundation and chemistry necessary to sustain... Regular season success to build good habits to then ultimately compete in the playoffs. Um, next big question: Draymond Green. What is Draymond Green going to do? Draymond Green currently has a player option where he is he has the option to opt in for twenty seven million dollars uh, or walk away. Um, Steve Kerr recently had in his exit interview. A lot to say about this Kerr was very blunt without Draymond this is not a championship team I love Draymond and we love Draymond and we want him back so what does that mean does that mean that the Warriors have lost leverage and Draymond Green can ask for more money Um, does that mean you know Draymond has the opportunity to does Draymond want to ask for more money? Um, does he want to take a team-friendly deal? I mean, the big the big picture of all of this is the cost of running it back is a substantial, you know, $400 million plus roster after taxes and the repeater tax that Lacob has openly come out previously and said he simply won't pay. So... Does Draymond opt in for one more year, for, for his last year, um, the last year on his contract, or does he sign a more team-friendly deal? Um, you'd like to think with the ups and downs, with the Draymond in pool punch, with Draymond's kind of lackluster performance during the postseason and regular season, despite having very important moments, um, I'd still say there was overall some some lacking. Um you'd like to think that he takes a little bit less money to help keep this thing moving along if that's the direction and you know certainly under the same umbrella is Clay Thompson. Uh Clay Thompson currently has two more years or I'm sorry one more year left on his deal as well. Um not a player option. He's owed 43 million dollars in the 23-24 season. So um what does Clay Thompson do? Clay Thompson in the middle of the playoffs, his camp had said he was seeking a max extension. Um, how realistic is that given his postseason performance, right? I don't think that there's any question in, in Clay Thompson, you know, leading the league in three pointers made, um, really kind of the first healthy season for him after the multi year absence due to injury. Clay's obviously a big piece of the core six um splash brothers with curry certainly his game has evolved parts of his game have declined simply due to age and um i think there was a lot of expectation for from clay to step up especially in the series against the lakers he certainly had the opportunity to and i think a lot of fans would clap would um would feel disappointed with with clay thompson's performance and feel some frustration and feel um a sense of wanting more but does clay thompson feel that does clay thompson think that he's worth 40 million for another three four years is that something the warriors are willing to to pay out um i don't know a lot of a lot of question marks there and um you know Steve Kerr again, in his exit interview, talked about Clay Thompson talked about how it really impacted him last season that he didn't put in work during the summer, which Clay Thompson talked about was really like his his p t s d from the second injury that he didn't really put in a lot of work in the summer, so he was out of shape into training camp, and um you know, Clay Thompson was not ready to roll at the start of the season. And that certainly could have played an impact into the Warriors' putrid three and seven start. And so Steve Kerr really challenging Clay Thompson to show up, uh, all systems go, conditioned in peak form um, when when training camp rolls around this summer. And so I certainly think that for you know one, I think. You keep Klay Thompson this year, I don't think there's a scenario where you're going to trade his $43 million salary and expect to get anything back matching that value. Any type of piece or player or pieces or players and any type of deal involving Clay Thompson would likely be, um, would likely be the shorter end of the stick. I don't think any team is going to give the Warriors equal value for a $43 million contract. Um, but you may get another player that is, you know, great on one side and, and lacking on the other. So is that worth it? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that you're worth giving Clay Thompson a shot, uh, on the last year of his deal, give him a chance to make the necessary adjustments and improvements, um, having a little bit more patience, not asking him to be, not looking for him to be a shot hunter, um, let him get open looks, um, let him work on being more efficient with less volume and let him work on being a better defender. Don't expend all of that energy putting up 20 shots a game. Um, you know, maybe you take 12 to 15 shots a game and that additional effort and energy for those, uh, you know, five to 10 shots that you're not taking, put that in on the defensive end. Um, I think that for Steph Clay and Draymond, this is an opportunity to look into the mirror and look at you know have I done everything I can do to give myself and my team the best chance to win to win again before this thing's all said and done, and I think it's worth giving Clay Thompson the benefit of the doubt in the last season of of his current contract before evaluating an extension, a max extension, a pay cut, or a possible trade. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, another question mark. Will he return on the second year uh, with a player option on his MLE, or opt out looking for more cash? DiVincenzo, that is certainly an interesting question and story. I think that there were times in the season where it would have been a no-brainer that, that the Warriors would like to bring DiVincenzo back, and then other times where he certainly has disappeared. I think that he has struggled mightily at times at certain things, and he has also flourished and excelled in other areas. Uh, I certainly think DiVincenzo is worthwhile bringing back on his current uh, MLE deal at about $4.5 Um, Warriors certainly do not have the money cap space um, to really give him the type of deal that I think he's looking for, which is that, you know, 10 to 15 plus, 10 to 15 million plus a year type of deal. Um, Also, if you are bringing back, you know, if you are going to retain Steph Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Looney, etc., you know, DiVincenzo is continuing to look at a role off the bench. So is that something he is comfortable with? And how does that work now when you talk about Moses Moody, uh, GP2, Jonathan Kaminga, and Steve Kerr talked a little bit, you know, jumping ahead to Jonathan Kaminga, Kerr talked a little bit about Kaminga's lack of opportunity in the playoffs also being tied to the availability of Wiggins and GP2. And so how does that all fit in in a conversation around um, DiVincenzo. Um, So we just, nice little segue here, Jonathan Kaminga. What is Jonathan Kaminga's, you know, well, first of all, Jonathan Kaminga's camp came out and said he wants a bigger role, a more consistent role in the Warriors rotation moving forward, or he wants a trade. And Steve Kerr addressed this by saying that he would expect somebody in Jonathan Kaminga's shoes, a player with his talent, of his caliber, um, lottery pick to certainly be frustrated with his lack of a role in the playoffs. And, um, and so Jonathan Kaminga is going to be spending his summer showcasing his abilities to other teams. Um, it has been made very clear to Jonathan Kaminga what he needs to do in order to stay on the floor for the Warriors. And the biggest thing for him is to be more versatile. And one of the easiest ways he can do that is to rebound the ball. Um when Wiggins was out, when G- you know, before GP2 was traded, etc., uh Jonathan Kaminga was that point of attack defender, right? He was that main guy in that slot, and he got A lot of opportunity throughout the season in that type of role. When you got Wiggins back, when you got GP2 healthy, um, Kaminga's role became diminished because he is yet to prove consistent as a shooter, um, as a scorer, as a rebounder. He has limitless potential, um, but has struggled to be consistent and to be versatile. So this is a big opportunity for Kaminga to take a step forward. Now, um, Kaminga has two more years, or I'm sorry, one more year left on his, yeah, two more years left on his deal with the last year being a player option. So Warriors really have all the leverage here in this situation, but Kaminga is really planting the seed. One, telling other teams, he could be looking for uh, for another city to play for and putting a little pressure on the warriors, but for the warriors, they're really putting it back on him. Work on your game, prove that you're versatile and the opportunity will be there. Um last major question here in the off season, what pieces are missing and how might the warriors retool? Uh no easy answers to this. I think, you know, there are certainly some answers that come to mind are uh Versat- versatility I think you I think the warriors were missing some veterans some versatility some size certainly having a a big man to play um a more traditional big man to play offensively and defensively other than Draymond and Looney certainly would have given the warriors an interesting look um having a roster that supports the core guys rather than a back-end roster of rookies who aren't in the rotation or um, aging veterans that are acting more as a coach than as a player. Now, the flip side of that is I've argued in the past that you know it's unlikely that you're gonna find a big man that fits in Steve Kerr's system and can switch and does all the things that they do, At the same time, we saw how, against the Lakers, Andrew Wiggins was the only guy who can sit in front of LeBron James. Um, Draymond Green and Kevon Looney were really the only guys that could sit in front of uh, Anthony Davis. And having somebody, having a big body that you could develop and give spot minutes to and an opportunity might have proved valuable in um, in the postseason. It doesn't mean that it would take a while to develop a player to get to that point. I don't have any potential names. Obviously, you're looking at most of the pieces that you would try and add for the Warriors if they're going to run it back would be veteran minimum type players. So you're certainly not getting any type of outstanding player in their prime, um, but there certainly could be some options for filling in the gaps. So, um, let's loosely talk through some scenarios, not that it really means much here because we'll find out what happens over the next few months. But uh, what is the best case scenario? Best case scenario is probably Bob Myers returns, Um, Joe Lacob drops the two timeline plan, leans into the core, the foundational six. Um, Clay Clay Thompson and Draymond Green go the uh, Andrew Wiggins approach and accept team-friendly deals. And um, Lacob and Myers are able to retool some of the back end of the roster, maybe packaging some of the recent picks, um, like Ryan Rawlings, for example, for some... Um, some better known veterans to help fill out the roster. And on top of that, Steph Clay, Draymond, maybe Jordan Poole into that equation, maybe Jonathan Kaminga, emphasize the right type of work in the off season to prepare for camp and the start of the regular season to have the right mentality. Um, Steph Clay and Draymond come with a little bit of an edge uh, which is also something Steve Kerr talked about—the fact that the Warriors, you know, had this disappointing finish in the playoffs, losing in the second round. Then, if they had beaten the Lakers and maybe lost to the Nuggets, which maybe would have been a little bit more palatable, or even if they had made it to the finals and lost in the finals, you certainly would feel like losing in the Western Conference Finals or losing in the finals gives you a semblance of we don't need to change anything. We're going to do the same thing we just did because we made it this far. Losing to the Lakers in the semifinals kind of makes you look in the mirror and, and have this sour taste in your mouth like this isn't where we wanted to be. This isn't what we expected. We had higher expectations, so what do we need to change to fix that? And so there is a silver lining to all of this and, and giving, giving the guys, the main guys, Um, something to sit there and chew on, a little bit of uncomfortability, um, take a little bit of ownership and channel some of that edginess into motivation and energy that we did not see from this team the opening night. And we talked about this on the pod throughout the season. There seemed to be a malaise, this championship malaise that guys weren't really locked in. They weren't really making the smart plays uh, like they had the season before um what's the worst case scenario uh it's a lot of different ways this could go but something along the lines of bob myers walks Lacob refuses to spend to retain the core clay and draymond um become stubborn and and want more money and some combo of clay green pool kaminga are um forced to be traded or walk away or opt out and uh, curry becomes unhappy because you've basically broken up the core six but agrees to stick it out and um you lean in to full-on rebuild development of uh whatever pieces are left of jordan Poole, jonathan Kaminga, moses moody or whoever you end up bringing in via trade or free agent signing etc um Of course, there's flavors of this in the middle, and we're certainly not going to get into every situation, every variation possible. I think that could be um, limitless episodes. But just a quick look at the Warriors salary cap situation looking ahead. There's a few things to consider here. So... Andrew Wiggins and Steph Curry are locked up until 25-26. Andrew Wiggins has a player option the following year, 26-27. Klay Thompson is an unrestricted free agent in 25-26. Um, Draymond Green has a player option uh, this season, 23-24. GP2 has a player option, 24-25. Uh, Looney becomes an unrestricted free agent, 25-26. And uh, Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody have a team option, 24-25. Poole is an unrestricted free agent, 27-28. So Poole obviously just signed the extension. He's on the books, locked up for the longest. Um, Andrew Wiggins, the second longest or kind of tied, but Wiggins has that player option uh Curry and Wiggins are locked up until 25-26. Um Thompson and Green are basically, you know, assuming Draymond opts in, uh Thompson and Green are basically this is their last year until something else is signed in the books. Um Kevon Looney proving to be one of the <laughs> the best deals in the NBA uh has one more year has one more year on the books. Um And so for the Warriors, you see that you're not in a bad spot with the guys that you've got on the roster. You've got some very good pieces, and it's simply a question again, what is their direction from the top down? Because it's clear that over the last few years, there has been some division within the organization. I think that without a doubt, going back to the Jerry West years when the Warriors rise to prominence and the start of the dynasty, everybody was on board. Everything that the franchise was doing was about let's win, let's win, let's win, let's get the best pieces in here to surround the core guys to win. And over the last few years, it's been questionable some of the decision making, some of the roster construction, some of the pieces, or the decisions to spend or not spend money. Um, what has been the priority, and that's where there's been all of the, all of the attention, and, um, and really con- criticism of the two timeline plan, because here you have one of the most talented players of all time in Stephen Curry, with future Hall of Famers and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, but. At the same time, we've got James Wiseman on the roster, who's just a um, work in progress. And Patrick Baldwin Jr. and and Ryan Rawlings, who are very raw. Um, on top of that, you've got Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, who are also very raw. So you have half your roster of a part of this incredible dynastic history success and the other half of the roster leaning towards the future well what is it and you've got a coach steve kerr who's stuck in the middle because steve kerr is not steve kerr's old school steve kerr was not brought in to develop talent he was brought in to maximize talent and win and so steve kerr's trying to win but the front office is is giving him only half a roster that's capable of winning with another half that needs um you know tender loving care and Steve Kerr is hard-nosed this is how you do it or you're going to the bench um this is not the Houston Rockets Detroit Pistons Charlotte uh Charlotte Hornets where you get to play through your mistakes and play 35 minutes a night whether you're shooting you know 10 for 10 or 1 for 15 with 10 turnovers um Steve Kerr is not going to Tolerate certain types of mistakes or lack of effort or lack for for if that's even a word. Um, and so again, Meyer's decision plays a big role in this, Joe Lacobs' decision to lean in to win or to blow it up. There's going to be some clarity in this summer in the direction of the franchise and where they're headed, and I think that losing in this disappointing fashion, certainly enables the franchise, the players, the organization to take a look in the mirror and figure out what needs to be done. Had the Warriors won, had they been more successful, I think it is more questionable because um, success reinforces the similar habits. Losing is what forces you to figure out what you did wrong. And so by the Warriors losing, They're forced to figure out what they need to do differently individually and organizationally. And quite honestly, it's possibly a blessing in disguise because they certainly needed a realignment starting from the top. Get everyone on the same page. Um, And we haven't even talked about all of the recent discourse coming from Draymond Green and Steve Kerr about how much the the Draymond Green and Jordan Poole punch affected team chemistry. About how Draymond Green felt like he didn't have a voice in the locker room until February. But by February, you're already five months into the season. Bad habits have already been made. You are who you are. You had basically Kerr and Draymond sign off on the fact that this team this team was basically running wild and aloof to do whatever they needed to do because the one guy who's who typically raises his voice to to get guys in line and keep guys accountable couldn't speak. And so the fact that all of that was going on and you still made it to the second round in a highly contested series against the Lakers with a lot of questionable officiating and and play of your star players and and all the different narratives, et cetera, blah, 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 injuries, health, Wiggins, Looney, whatever, um, and you still were able to accomplish all those things you accomplished, albeit, you know, as the defending champions, the expectation was win again, Um, you certainly can't call last season a failure, but it obviously was a disappointment, right? When you've got Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Looney, et cetera, The expectation is win. Win it all. Um, And so they did not accomplish that, but when you look at all of the challenges and hurdles and adversity that they were faced with this season and the fact that they were able to position themselves outside of the play-in to win against a very talented Sacramento Kings team that basically had their entire playbook in the back of their hand, there are a lot of positives and successes to look back on in the season and feel good about. Um, a lot of good narratives, a lot of good development, but also a lot of question marks, a lot of room for improvement, a lot of things to change and optimize and enhance. A lot of guys that had success in the regular season that didn't translate into postseason. A lot of guys who didn't get the opportunity that felt like they were deserved. There, are, there is so much for so many players on this team to look at, to evaluate, to sit on. Um, And this is a group that I have a lot of trust and faith in. And, you know, I think from my own personal opinion, I, I think really the Warriors look to run it back. They look to retain as much of the core as they can, assuming that Lacob's willing to pay for it. They look to you know, wait on Clay Thompson, wait on Draymond Green, if you can, short of either of them agreeing to team-friendly deals or extensions. Give them a chance to bounce back. Give them a chance to prove that they belong, to prove that they can um, still do it at a high level. And after next season, then make the decision. Decide that it's done. Decide that it's that it's that we've got a few more years left in the tank. Um, Give the guys a chance when everybody's on the same page again, when everybody's chips are all pushed into the middle, everyone's working towards the same common goal from the top down. The pieces are assembled correctly and put around the core to give this team the best chance to win. We're no longer BSing with trying to develop guys. We're not going to be giving Ryan Rawlings 20 minutes a night. Um, Let's see what we do. And then we can make some long-term decisions on the foundation, direction, um, who's worth what money, so on and so forth. Um, So many guys have opportunities to prove themselves here. So many guys have so much potential to set up the Warriors for future sustained success. I think it would be short-sighted to trade Clay Thompson for somebody like CJ McCollum or to package Poole and Kaminga for some pieces from Toronto like Siakam or Ananobi. Um, I think that your best chance of success for the Warriors is maintain chemistry, maintain cohesion, maintain the foundational guys. It's a question of guys leaning into their roles, um, the off, the front office and ownership making a commitment to the players and the coaches by bringing in the right pieces and no more mucking around with this two-timeline plan. Um, I think it's fine to retain Patrick Baldwin Jr. and and Moses Moody and Kaminga and Poole, but those are guys you're going to play. Um, and maybe you keep on like Ryan Rawlings, but you need to have... Damian Lee's, Toscano Anderson's, uh, Bielitzas. you need to have guys that understand how to play, that understand how to be a good teammate, that can be a good influence in the locker room, that can step in when you need them be due to injuries, foul trouble, etc. on the road and come up with a big play. They don't have to play 20 minutes a night. They don't have to score 50 points. But you need those guys that can contribute both on and off the floor, both in and out of the locker room that, that good character guys that help you build towards something. It's incredibly difficult to make it to the NBA finals. It's incredibly difficult to win a championship, and everyone needs to be on the same page to get there. And that means no training camp debacles, no off-the-court issues, no fighting in practice. Everybody needs to have a voice. Everybody needs to be enabled to be the best of who they can be, and then you give yourselves the chance to compete. So, obviously, uh, a lot to cover there, and certainly even more to get into. This is going to be a very interesting offseason for the Warriors. Again, a lot of questions, a lot of different directions they could go in. I certainly hope that less changes more. Um, this is, for me, a question of refocusing retooling, um, enabling guys to be in the right spots, in the right roles for sustained success. But we'll see. They might blow it all up. They might trade away a few pieces. They might trade away nothing. Um, Myers might walk away. He might stay. Um, who knows? This might be the last that we've seen of Steph, Clay, and Draymond, or this might be the beginning of another sustained two to three year push where the Warriors lean all in and put their chips into the table into the middle of the table and uh, pony up some additional cash and sign some additional veterans and uh, give it a go so that's all we got for you today again Myers contract ends at the end of June the NBA by the NBA draft will probably have a sense of what his decision is I would hope so Give it a few more weeks, about three, four weeks, and uh, we'll see where things land. That's obviously going to be the first domino to fall, is the uh, Bob Myers decision. So, once again, this has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a sports ethos presentation. Please give me a follow over at Twitter, that's at S.T. Subscribe, rate, review the show, and tune tuning in, guys. Catch you all.